Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Okay, now trials are not going to make you happy, but you can choose joy in the midst of those trials. Yeah, I take the term trials to be like going to court and doing a trial, and I love that, but yeah, that's that's not what James had in mind. That's not what James had in mind there, so absolutely. You may be one choice away from a thriving marriage. Welcome to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast with Brian and Jennifer Hartman. All right, we are back at it. Welcome to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast. I'm Jennifer Harvey. I'm here in the studio with my husband, Brian hey guys. Harvey. All right. So, Brian, I actually have a really cool teaser question for you. Okay. Okay. So, how often do you hate me? Wait, what? Okay. So, here's where this is coming from. I was reading this article in the Washington Post, and it said that there's a, quote, normal amount of marital hatred in a marriage. And I was just wondering, how much is in our marriage, do you think? Um, huh? Yeah, exactly. I, I, that was kind of my thought when I was looking at this article. And it's like, what on earth is this? Because I don't see our marriage or other healthy marriages out there as we've got an amount of any kind of marital hatred or if there's anything normal there. I think it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, and- hatred in marriage just doesn't. That doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me. Well, sure, because I, I think that the, the author of the article who coined the term, it's kind of a shock value yeah. um, thing as to that. And, and of course, we know there's nothing godly about hatred. Jesus told us to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. And he was very radical in saying so. So if you're to love your enemies and pray for those who are persecuting you, those who are closest to you, who you love very much, especially your spouse, that kind of hatred should not be happening. Um, We're really as Christ followers, we're a community that's called to love and not hating our enemies. And it, it just doesn't have a place for anybody there at all, especially, uh, again, hatred of a, of a spouse. Okay. So I, I think I see where this guy's going with it, though. What? Wait. Okay. <laughs> well, hold the phone. So I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't use the word hatred in a marriage. If you hate your spouse, when God calls us to love, those that the world says we should hate, there's definitely a problem there. But again, going back to what we talk about a lot, marriage isn't about happiness. It's about holiness, right? Banging that drum. And it's so often, and we've had couples, we've talked about this um, with them, that they just expect to be perpetually happy in marriage. That's adorable. Good luck with that. And it's just, they're setting themselves up for failure, right? Sure. It's not the purpose of marriage, nor is it really practical to be perpetually happy in marriage. That just doesn't happen. And so when a couple has this unrealistic expectation of marriage, they're going to find themselves happy less and less, right? Because oh, I expect to always be happy. I'm not happy now. My marriage is not doing what it's supposed to, so I'm not happy about my marriage not making me happy. And then I'm not happy about not being happy about my marriage not making me happy. It's just it's this ridiculous downward spiral and of, some of unhappiness. Those, and some of those problems don't just start up with within the marriage itself. It could be 
I'm really unhappy with what's going on with work or my kid's school or a conflict with a kid or a friend or an extended family member or something along those lines. And then that just spills over into the marriage because I'm cranky and upset about that. And if I'm turning around with that being cranky and upset with you, I'm not going to get positive feedback on that. And then I'm going to think there's something wrong with the marriage when it's actually just something wrong with how I'm handling life. Right. And we we talked about this before. It's like in the premarital counseling and premarital counseling that we do, it's always, oh, he always, or oh, she always. And then when it's the mediation coaching, when people are in, couples are in Christ, like she always, or he always. And mm-hmm. it's this blaming and I'm miserable, I'm unhappy, and it's your fault because sure. you're not the spouse you're supposed to be. And the marriage is not what it's supposed to be because you're not doing it. Right. It, it's like you're not you're not just kind of there to, to serve me. I should be there to serve you, too. But if there's not that kind of mutuality, you got problems because we're not setting people up to be like the Stepford wife or the Stepford husband. You know, we're individuals who are coming together and growing as one and, and being in that uh, marriage growing uh, closer to God, uh, closer to each other, and living into that holiness that the Lord has for us. And with all that said, wherever you are in your marriage right now and what you're experiencing, we want you to know your marriage can thrive. God wants your marriage to thrive. And while everyone experiences unhappy times in marriage, unhappiness is really just a part of the process to building a thriving marriage. Oh, isn't that the truth? And I remember earlier this year, just going through some tough times and it had absolutely nothing to to do with you. I remember praying and I felt like God was telling me, okay, do you want your path to be smooth or do you want to be smooth? And of course, in that moment, I really wanted a smooth path, but I know that that's not my ultimate good. That's not what God has for me. And I would rather have those edges rubbed off of me so that I can be all smooth and uh, grow in that holiness that God has for me. Yeah. At the same time, though, why shouldn't we expect our spouse and our marriage to make us happy? Well, I would say the thriving marriages, they, they experience, and I know I experience, a lot of happiness within the marriage or, oh, there you go. (laughs) Lots of of joy because we have love and commitment and then folks should have love and commitment to each other. And that builds feelings of happiness and contentment. And that's part of making marriage the beautiful relation that it is. But of course, happiness can't be that ultimate goal because it's just impossible to sustain and maintain that all the time 365 days a year, no matter what. Well, yeah, happiness really, it it requires novelty. Mm-hmm. It requires something to be different, something to be out of the ordinary in a positive way. Something that's better than the status quo has to be experienced. That's very true. And I, I think a, a story that hits home the point, calling out one of my best friends, Barb, who lives in uh, Florida, she came to Michigan to... Uh, celebrate my birthday about four years ago. And it was this plot that Brian concocted with her and another 
another one of my best friends, Lisa, and it was like, he knew what did I want for my birthday? I, I wanted my, my two besties to be coming uh, into the area and celebrating with me and that kept it a secret. And then all of a sudden, Brian is pulling up in the driveway with Barb and it was amazing. I think it, I did a happy dance, probably almost hurt myself and others around me and, and probably uh, just about clobbered and squeezed all of the breath out of Barb uh, with this big bear hug. But that was just an amazing thing. Uh, yeah. The thing that's making you happy today will not keep you happy. You know, you wouldn't have been as happy to see Barb that day if you'd seen her the day before. Or if she lived next door to us, which I wouldn't complain about as a side note. Right. But it, will, it would fade into the background if circumstances didn't change, right? It's like, oh, I see Barb every day. That exuberance mm -hmm. wouldn't exist if it was there all the time. All of a sudden, now it's something else. If you're chasing happiness, it's always that next thing. Absolutely. And even then, it might just be like, you know, you, myself, Barb and her husband, Felix, were going out to different places for dinner. But, you know, I, I digress on the example there. <laughs> but, but even then, it's like, okay, Barb's not making you happy. It's the new restaurant. I hear what you're saying. But Barb, I love you. You make me happy, girl. <laughs> Beyond that, though, the purpose of marriage isn't to make you happy. It's to make you holy. Happiness is not even a biblical virtue. You know, in Galatians 5.22, Paul tells us the fruit of the Spirit is joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, okay, now wait. Joy was in there, right? So some of you are thinking, wait a minute. Aren't joy and happiness the same thing? No. Happiness is contingent on circumstances. It's that sense of gladness you get because your situation is good. Joy is the choice to be glad despite your circumstances. That same word that Paul used for joy in Galatians 5.22 for the fruit of the Spirit, James uses in chapter 1, verse 2 of his letter when he says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Okay, now trials are not going to make you happy but you can choose joy in the midst of those trials. Yeah, I take the term trials to be like going to court and doing a trial, and I love that, but yeah, that's, that's not what James totally had in mind. That's not context. what James had in mind there, so oh. absolutely, absolutely get that one. And, and also, you'll notice, too, um, women's names, joy. I don't know of a one woman who's named Happy or Happiness. We know, we know uh, one of the seven dwarfs that was named uh, Happy, but you, you don't know any people named Happy, or at least I don't. Um, Sorry. Oh, it's kind of, kind of whistling <laughs> while you work there. That's great. But marriage, again, exists to make you holy, and to be holy requires you to change to be more like Jesus. And um, a lot of times change is going to happen there when staying the same is less desirable uh, than change. And that means you're going to be uncomfortable at times so that you will change to be the person that God created this, uh, that God had created you to be. So my job as your husband is to make you uncomfortable. Well, no, but you know, you're here, I would say, uh, to help you to, to be able to help me see what's making me uncomfortable and then help me make changes that are going to bring me closer to Jesus. And that's the same for how, how all spouses should be to each other. And I think that's, that's an important point, though, because sometimes when I'm uncomfortable, 
or when something's not going my way, I'm not happy about something or things just I'm I'm hitting a roadblock. Um, I can't see the forest for the trees in those moments. Sure. You know, so you're able to say, well, Brian, what did you expect? Because you did X, Y, and Z, the natural consequence of this is such. But I couldn't see it in that moment. And I think that really happens a lot for couples in parenting. Sure. Right? Where something's going on with the children and a parent in the moment of handling the child relationship, they sin. They they don't handle it well. And I'm not saying that there's abuse. Obviously, that's huge. There better not be. Um, but it's just there are times when, as dad, I don't do a good job in managing my relationship with our children. But I don't see how I've screwed it up because I've got these unshared expectations that are not being met or unvoiced expectations that are not these unexpectations and I'm not getting it, but then you come alongside me and point out, hey, here's what's going on. And that allows me to realize I am uncomfortable with this and I need to make these changes that's going to make the family better. And I think that's a good thing to to be able to just recognize, just have that self-reflection and and understand how that that connects with you. And I you know, again, you're you're not somebody who I think has issues with our, our kids. Of course, everybody has arguments and disagreements and things, but I, I don't see see you as handling things in, in bad ways in frequent times. But then what should a couple who's listening to us right now, sweetheart, they're unhappy in their marriage right now. They're just they're unhappy. The marriage does not feel positive. What should they do? And with that, I, I think that there's a few different levels of this where, you know, we, we talk, uh, we've, we've talked on Christian radio in the past about something, you know, being miserable, being meh, or something being marvelous, just being kind of, kind of silly with the, the pneumatics and the M's there. But I think if you're miserable, it, it's, it's important that you don't beat yourself up about this. I, I mean, it, you haven't ruined your life or your marriage because times of this unhappiness are going to be normal. It's not going to be something that's permanent and you're, you are going to be able to get through that season of uh, being unhappy. So let me really emphasize that if you're listening right now and you're unhappy, you're okay. Your marriage isn't ruined. Now there's things that we're going to talk about more, but don't look at yourself and say, I am bad because I'm unhappy in my marriage or my marriage is bad because I'm unhappy. It's normal for there to be periods of unhappiness in a marriage. That's absolutely the case. And I think it's important that you would talk to your spouse about your unhappiness and explain what you're feeling and why and really get to the core of that. Because as I had mentioned a little bit earlier, you might be unhappy in general, but it has nothing to do with your marriage. And I think I've seen too many people uh, go through divorces because they're unhappy and they're just thinking, I'm trying to weed out every aspect of my life, including my marriage, and then I will be happy. But that's just not how it works. I think it's important to explain to your spouse, again, what exactly it is you're feeling, why that is, emphasize that you still love your spouse, and emphasize that kind of a commitment and hang in there. And of course, we're not saying hang in there with an abusive marriage, um, we have some different resources and things like that uh, for that. But it's important to be uh, committed uh, should there 
in, in most typical situations. But also, if you're on the other end of the conversation, I think it's important to be supportive. Also, affirm your love uh, for your spouse and take the time to really listen carefully to your spouse and provide the type of support that they're looking for. You want to be sure to not rush them. And of course, the only way through uh, a difficult circumstance is to go through that circumstance. You, you know, we, we've talked about kind of the adages of you can't go around it, you can't go over or under it, you can only go uh, through it. And just let your spouse know that you're going to be there and you're going to be with your spouse uh, through it all. You need to listen um, and make sure that they have your full support whatever they're feeling. And this isn't a place to evaluate their feelings or say that they should or should not be feeling the way they are. The way they feel is the way they feel. And that's okay. And it's important to communicate that the way you feel is the way you feel and that's okay. And we're going to go through this together. But also, sometimes this unhappiness may linger. It doesn't seem to get better. It just seems to last and last. In that situation, it's time to get some help. You know, there is nothing wrong with getting some coaching or some counseling. Maybe it's something that together you need to see a coach or a therapist. Um, we do provide coaching. Uh, you can go to operationthrivingmarriage.com and look at that, and we'd be happy to help you. But you don't have to see us. See your pastor at your church, a local therapist in your community. But when this happiness sticks around, get professional help. And sometimes this means that it's not clergy help, your pastor or even coaching from us. If this is something where it's a deep depression or anxiety, sometimes that professional therapist has tools that you need. Don't be afraid to get help that if your happiness lingers. Unhappiness for periods of time is normal in marriage. But if you find it's going on for months, and years. It's not something that's just wrapping up. Get help. And most importantly, be ready to change. You've got limited control of things around you. You have greater control of yourself. Be prepared to make the changes in you that you need to get through this time. Happiness, this time of unhappiness and experience the full life that Jesus came to bring you. And I'd really say that there's no level of marital hatred that's normal. I, I mean, of course, you can be annoyed with your spouse. Um, maybe you get angry at your spouse. And as the Bible says, in your anger, do not sin. Marital uh, frustration, uh, but no marital hatred. That's not normal. Uh, Jesus said we'd be known for our love for one another. And if that's true, there's no place for any kind of marital hatred that would be there. And in, in, in my opinion, we should be looking to consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging other. And all the more as you see the day drawing near, and that's out of uh, Hebrews. And of course, we know that our marriages will not always make us happy and we shouldn't expect happiness 24-7 all the time. Because again, marriage exists to make us holy, not happy. This, however, doesn't mean we should live miserable lives of quiet desperation. Well, isn't but that the truth? We must, we've got to deal with our unhappiness. Uh, we should share what we're experiencing with our spouses and be prepared to get professional help when our unhappiness overwhelms us. Our spouses, those around us who love us, and those professionals in whom we confide will help us make the changes we need to get through our unhappiness, experience the fullness that Jesus has for us. Your marriage 
isn't there to make you happy. It's to ma- there to make you holy. But that unhappiness will, will be there. It won't last, and you can get through it. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Operation Thriving Marriage podcast, and don't forget to rate and subscribe on whatever service you use. Thanks, guys. Jen and I started Operation Thriving Marriage to help couples and churches take marriages from merely surviving to thriving. We've got our book, we've got a blog and resources for our coaching ministry, and you can bring us out for an Operation Thriving Marriage experience. For more information, go to OperationThrivingMarriage.com. That's OperationThrivingMarriage.com.